Welcome, everybody. Welcome to Real Estate 360, the podcast. This is part two in our subject to training. Again, this is the training that we do every Sunday. It's, of course, various varying topics in the Facebook group. It's called the Real Estate Accelerators Group. There's a link to it below. It's free. It doesn't cost anything. Uh, you can get in there. You get in there with uh, a lot of students, people that, are, that I'm, I'm working with and training uh, on all aspects of real estate. More importantly, the things that are working in our industry right now, right? And that training that we do every single Sunday, I do it live, is called Sunday School. And it's inside the Real Estate Accelerators Facebook group. So make sure you get into that. This is the second part of a three-part training. I had to break it down. It was, you know, like an hour and a half, almost two hours long. So I broke it down into smaller pieces, three smaller pieces so you can consume it, right? Without having to try to remember where you left off and so on and so forth. So this is the second installment. There's one more to come. If you haven't uh, seen or heard the first one, make sure you check it out. This is your man, Miles. Please enjoy. Here we go. So let's go into where you're going to find these deals. Okay. You know, we've got pre-foreclosures, right? We've got extended listings, things that are with agent. When I say extended listings, I mean listings that have been on there for you know, 60, 70, 90 days or longer. Uh, expired listings as well, right? So let's talk about those for just a quick second. Just those three, right? Pre-foreclosures are probably one of the best places depending on market conditions. They're probably one of the best places uh, okay, I'm think you got it. You got it, Paul. I'm glad I was able to answer that question for you. But again, anybody watching, if you have questions, just throw them in here. Just throw them in because uh, I want to answer your questions. So pre-foreclosures are, are self-explanatory. They're properties that are going into foreclosure. They're not quite there yet, but people know they're in trouble. And now you're beginning to have this conversation with them. And let me preface this part of it with all three of these pre-foreclosures, expired listings, uh, and extended listings. Really with all of them. I'm not even going to just limit it to that. If let's say a property is worth 300000 and they're selling it for $320,000 and they're doing that in hopes of, because they know they don't have any equity, but they want to make sure that the agent gets paid. But it hasn't been selling, you know, it hasn't been selling. This is more of a negotiation thing, but it hasn't been selling. Might have been on there five months, six months, approaching, you know, its expired status. If that is the case, it's now time to have a conversation with the agent, you know, and saying, hey, how serious are these people? Are, are how susceptible, how open are they to having a conversation with us about, you know, owner financing their house? Because if we get terms, we can give them their price. And these kind of situations come up all the time. It's not just a, a foreclosure situation. It could be their job is moving, you know, or maybe they lost their job and they can't really afford to stay in that house anymore. I mean, there could be any number of reasons we talked about it, you know, whatever. But there are a ton of pre-foreclosures that are out there and there's a lot that are coming up. You, if you've watched any of the stuff that I talk about, you hear me constantly talk about Get ready. The next 18 to 24 months are going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. There's going to be so much opportunity out there. The reason for that is this. And let me tell you, let me be clear. Okay. Values have been going up while rates have been suppressed. They've been really, really low. Right. 
Now we have high values and rates that are now meeting, meeting those, which means there are fewer and fewer people to buy. That will make the market plateau, which is what we're seeing now. Some areas are already coming down, okay? We are then gonna start seeing values come down, but think of the people that just bought a house a year ago, two years ago. These values have gone up so high, so fast over the course really of the last three years, but the, let's just, the past five, six years have been astronomical in terms of value. But over the past three years, it's been crazy the last three to four years. I mean, just, just absurd. So the people that are going to wind up in situations that bought properties in the last two years and they're, and you know, whatever circumstances happened in their life and they have to sell this property, they're either going to have to come out of pocket with some money as values start to dip or they're gonna to have to find a way to hold this or they're gonna to have to give it back to the bank. That's where we come in. And we, we offer these creative financing situations. And how you negotiate these is, is going to be paramount in you getting the deal. Because you have to remember, I can give you a script that says, hey, here's how you're gonna negotiate this deal. But it's not always gonna be like that because the circumstances are always gonna be different. You know, the circumstances of the seller are gonna be different. The circumstances of the loan are gonna be different. The circumstances of the property are gonna be different. So it's a matter of understanding where someone is, you know, to, to negotiate. But I digress, we'll get into that here shortly. Pre-foreclosures, expired listings, and extended listings. Now, you can go, let me talk about this from someone who, who might not have any money. Uh, wait a second here, Paul has a question. Personal note on question, where to find deals to subject to property proof closure. Okay, all right. Six numbers, et cetera, two expired. Yeah, so pre-foreclosures, you can find a pre-foreclosure list uh, by utilizing a service, right? You have to, those are kind of leads that you want to buy. Now, you don't have to utilize a service. You can go to your you know, your county courthouse and get a listing of, of those, but you're still gonna have to skip trace them if you're gonna call them or go door knocking, you know? But you get a, you can get a list, you can buy a list from a lot of different places. There's a ton of places where you can buy them. You can have services, which, you know, um, Paul, I'll be able to share some of that stuff with you because um, I know that you're in the, the, the training program, so I'll be able to share a lot of that stuff with you, but we use batch leads, right? and batch leads and batch dial. We, do, we use that to pull all our leads and do our skip tracing. And there are other services that we use, but that's, a, that's a, the, one of the main ones that we utilize, where we get our lead sources from, right? That's where we get our leads from. So that helps out a, a great deal. There's a monthly or an annual fee. Um, there's different levels that you, can, that you can be in and just kind of go from there. But the pre-foreclosures, I get them from there, but you can get them from your county. Uh, county records office they come out every month uh, you can get them from other services other list services there are a million list services out there where you can go and buy a list of pre foreclosures for the time frame in which you're looking okay so that's a great place expired listings uh, you're gonna get those from your agent that you can also get those expired listings from um, those list services as well okay but if pretty much everyone, I'm pretty sure everyone here knows someone that is an agent, right? They know somebody that's an agent. 
reach out to them and say, hey, listen, I'm looking for these kinds of things. I'm looking for expired listings. I'm looking for eight, you know, uh, agents who have extended listings. And, and you know, you don't want to be represented by an agent, but it's you can work with an agent. So what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is you want to keep your expenses now, right? You don't want your expenses to be too crazy high. And if you're dealing with a buyer's agent and a seller's agent, that's 6%. If we're talking about a taking over a house, because we want the agents to get paid. We'll talk about how that gets done a little bit later. But if we're going to make sure these agents get paid and it's a $300,000 house and you're, you've agreed to a $300,000 price, let me say it that way. I mean, 6%, that's $18,000 that you've just added to the deal, right? So you don't want to be represented by, you know, anyone else. You don't want, you don't want to be represented. You want to know what you're doing. Okay. So if you know what you're doing, you don't want to, you're not going to be represented by any, that saves you 3%. In this case, it saves you $9,000. Now, if you're dealing with an extended listing, this would be an extended listing. This would be a listing that the agent who listed it knows they're having a difficult time selling it. They know that they're going to be getting to the end of uh, the, the listing period and they're going to lose this. And a lot of times the sellers get very upset with the agent for not being able to sell their property. So this is where a little bit of uh, uh, education comes in on your part to the agent. and. Listen, if you wind up in that situation, by all means, reach out to me. Whether you're in um, my training or not, I will help you walk your way through this, right? I will help you talk to agents and I'll help you talk to sellers, right? I want to see people succeed. So, you know, reach out to me and we can set up a time and make that happen. Having said that, when you're talking to these agents, you're saying, listen, do you think that, and you want to talk to the listing agent. So you want to see what agent listed it and reach out to them. That's why we, we want to pull uh, the, uh, the extended listings. We want to be able to get that from an agent friend, or if you're an agent, you, you know, you're going to be able to see who the listing agent is and you re reach out straight away to the listing agent. You don't want to reach out to your agent because now they're entitled to 3%. But let me get back to this. So when you're dealing with them, the agents on the extended listings, they're getting to the end of it. Um, they're not being able to sell it for, and you know it's always because of price. The agent knows it's because of price, but maybe the seller is just unwilling or just maybe just unreasonable. So now you're gonna walk the agent through a process and say, hey, uh, Mr. or Mrs. Agent, this is you know what we do. We'd like to offer you know, we're going to make two offers to this person. We're going to make a cash offer and we're going to make, you know, a uh, creative financing off offer. Okay. Well, what's a creative financing offer? Well, creative financing in this case would be a subject to offer. We would come in and take over the mortgage and pay the mortgage payments, but we would agree to their price in this particular scenario because we think we can make money on that property. Now there's other things that kind of go into it, but in short, that's what it is, right? And so you, they, that agent will then go and prime the pump, if you will, with that person to see if they're open to that, if they're open and ready to, to do something like that. Now, if they, if it's, if it's a six month listing and it's been on the market for five months and they haven't gotten any bites, they're going to be open to a lot of stuff, especially if they have to sell for whatever reason. 
they have to sell, right? I had a buddy who did a deal, uh, I think it was maybe a year ago, uh, he did this deal where the person, it was an expensive house, like a million two, I think it was, a million two or a million three, somewhere in there, but they bought it for 600,000 and it wasn't selling and the agent couldn't sell the house. I think in this particular case, the guy wanted like one, 1.5 or, I can't remember the specifics in terms of the numbers, but I know he wanted more than what the market was bearing at the time. So they made a deal, a terms deal. Said, look, all right, we'll come in and, and here's how that deal structure went. They, they paid the $600,000 note, right? They paid that and it was a high interest rate. You know, the guy was paying, I think $3,800 on that, or 4,000 on that one, somewhere in there. And they also structured interest payments, simple interest payments on the equity above the 600,000. And they gave him like $50,000 down. You know, his motivation wasn't that he needed to sell the house. He just didn't want it anymore. He was done. He didn't need the space. He didn't want all that house and he wanted to go off. He wasn't hurting for money and he was he was just ready to move on. So in this particular scenario, he got $50,000 to go. He's getting monthly payments that are coming in for the duration of their agreement and the loan is being serviced. And the loan is being serviced. We use servicing companies for that, by the way. And a lot of people that are just starting out don't do that. I would tell you, Go ahead and align yourself with a servicing company. We can have that conversation a little bit later, but align yourself with a servicing company because it it makes it very easy for you to do deals that other people won't be able to do simply because you have that intermediary in there. And that really is going to be, you know, because of course there's an expense there. So you have to know what your exit strategy is going to be so that you can fully take advantage of it. You can pay for it. Right. Okay. So. Extended listings, that's what you do there. Expired listings are gonna come from the same place. You're gonna call these people and you're gonna say, hey, what's going on? Are you still willing to sell your house, right? Hopefully they haven't lost it, you know? You just don't know the situation on the expired listings. Um, it's expired, again, generally because of price. Because It's always because of price. Some people will say, well, it's not really the price, it's because it needs work. Well, that's price, right? They're asking more for more money, too much money, based on what the property is actually worth in its current condition, in the current market. It's, it always comes down to money. It's always coming down to money. It doesn't matter if the house is in perfect condition and they want too much or if it's falling apart and they want too much. We all heard those uh, stories over the years. I mean, we deal with these people all the time. We deal with people that are so unrealistic, you know, because they're looking at Zillow and they say, hey, this house sold for 260000 around the corner. Yeah, but that's fully renovated. Let me show you what that looks like. And then I show them what their house looks like. And, you know, it's not the same. But that's a whole nother conversation, you know. So you have to know what you're dealing with as it relates to that. So, all right. Now, uh, going back here, another thing that we really like is tired landlords. Oops, I didn't want to do that. We like tired landlords. Why do we like tired landlords? Well, we like tired landlords because we can do a lot of stuff with them, right? Sometimes they don't wanna, they don't wanna sell the property. Sometimes they do. Tired landlords are like, look, I'm tired, especially coming out of COVID. They weren't getting any rent. You know, it was a real problem for a lot of people. So 
that gave us an opportunity to come in and say, hey, here's what we'd like to do. Here's what we can do. And by doing uh, this, it gives them maybe, depends on the terms, but it'll give them the cash flow that they're looking for, right? We dealt with one where we picked the property up for 140000 We picked it up for $140,000. It needed about $20,000 worth of actual work, you know, well, maybe 15 of actual work, you know, clean up paint, changing locks, there were a couple broken windows, things like that. We turned it into an Airbnb. We partnered with someone else on this. And because we do a lot of partnership deals, do a lot of partnership deals. So, and by the way, just to throw it out there, if you have deals that you'd like to partner with, reach out to me. We love to partner with people on deals, whether you're bringing the deal and you want to sell it, or you're bringing the deal and you're looking for a partner for one, it doesn't really matter. Let's have a conversation. But tired landlords are a great place because they're tired. They're sick and tired of it. You know, they wanted the cash flow, but it's not really working the way they wanted it to work. It's just one thing or another. It's crazy business for them. So we'll go to them and we'll do things like, um, not just in subject two, but we'll do the subject twos with them, but we'll do long-term corporate leases with them as well. Uh, I mean, they're basically subject two deals, but you know, we're, we're presenting them in a manner that makes sense for them. And depending on how long they've had these properties, whatever we're paying them is, uh, is, is solid. I mean, they're, they're getting money every month towards their lifestyle, towards whatever it is they want to do. So tired landlords are a great place for us um, for, for wholesale deals as well as subject to deals. So never get past that at all. Now, the next one that we really like is PPC or pay per click. Pay per click. Now, these are paid ads that we run on Instagram and Facebook. Pretty much that's it. Um, we're just starting in some other places. I mean, we do a little bit of Google, but it's pay per click. And we have ads that are running in the markets that we service, the markets that we work in. And they, and we don't have to spend a ton of money in doing those. I mean, we made the commercial ourselves, edited it up into um, 30, and 40, 30, 45, and 60 second spots. And we put it out there and we just let it go, right? We just let it go. We actually have three commercials and we'll switch them up so that they don't get sick and tired of seeing, you know, me all the time, you know. So I got one of my partners, Steve, he's done one and we've got another partner named Cody who's also done one and we will switch those up, you know, every six, seven weeks or so, so that they just, you know, they're not seeing the same thing, but they're seeing the same logo. They're seeing the same imaging, you know, the, the branding aspect of it is happening, it's happening. And so they can go in and um, pop in their information. And then we have one of our VAs reach right out to them, right out to them. So because when they're calling, if they're calling you, they're calling someone else. OK, and if you're like, oh, I'll get to them tomorrow or the next day or the next day, they are gone. OK, some they're on somebody else's hook. So you want to make sure that you're on top of that and you stay on top of that by, you know, Following up, taking the calls. Now you might say, look, I don't have a website. I don't have anything like that. What, what do I need to do if I don't have anything like that? How is this going to work for me? Well, maybe you don't, but on Facebook and Instagram, they have uh, forms, they're called Insta forms. 
And once that form is filled out, you're gonna, you can either log in and see that or there's a service that you can get for little or nothing called Zapier and it will zap you uh, those messages right over to you, right? right to your email so you know instantaneously someone has filled out my form. Uh, you can look at the form and call them and say, hey, this is Jane Doe. I'm calling because you just filled out a form about your, selling your property. And you say whatever you want to say in your commercial, right? And listen, when I say you go and shoot a commercial, I'm not saying that you have to go out there and do this high, you know, this big production. You don't have to do that. You see this? You can do this right here. If you've got a, a, a modern iPhone, <laughs> I mean, you can do it right there right uh, or maybe you're an Android user I'm not sure of the editing software that comes with that but I know it exists so you can sit there and edit up shoot a video on your phone right on your phone edit it up on your phone upload it from your phone to Facebook create the insta form right there and make it happen right so pay per click and what we do in those particular situations depending on the city we're spending and the time frame we're spending anywhere between 20 and 50 dollars per metropolitan area in atlanta we'll go at about 30 bucks a day and we just let the commercials run we'll bump it up to 50 sometimes it depends on the time of the year and all that great stuff but 20 30 bucks a day compare that to a direct mail campaign blows it out of the water and these are warm leads these are people that are contacting you saying I need help with my situation and you're messaging if, if for anyone here that has taken my five-day real estate marketing challenge I, I talk a lot about the messaging if you haven't taken it hit the banner above you know at the top of the group and and take the five-day marketing challenge it's it's one video one module if you will a day for five days maybe 20 minutes of your time but your messaging your messaging is is vital you know who are you going after after we're talking about subject two so we're going to be talking about people hey have you been having a hard time selling your house is it listed did your listing expire call me i can get you your price it can be as simple as that because we don't care how much equity is in the property as long as we know we can you know, cash flow that property based on a number of exit strategies. That's all we really care about. And that's all you should care about. Okay. So getting back to what we're talking about here. Okay. So we talked about pay per click a little bit. That's where you're going to find them. We get them there. No equity deals. We just talked about that. Um, door knocking and wholesalers. Why would you ever want to deal with wholesalers? And why would you even consider door knocking? Right? Wholesalers are great. They're always out there. There are wholesalers that have deals they haven't been able to sell. There are wholesalers that make bad deals, right? And they haven't been able to sell them because, you know, they're looking at wholesaling this property in a very specific manner, in a wholesale formula, but, you know, they're pushing up values. They're looking at things that, they, that just don't make sense. You know, they're comparing the property to properties that are bigger, you know, any number of reasons they have missed the mark and they're telling these people the sellers hey we can get you this we can get you this we can get you this well you talk to them you talk to them and maybe you can't get them a cash offer but you start the dialogue you have wholesalers bring you deals they can't sell because it happens it happens all the time wholesalers are constantly losing deals constantly losing deals because they negotiated a bad deal how do i know this 
It's more than me just being in the market for 20 years, but I've told you time and time again, my first two and a half years in this business, I made no money. I didn't make any money to live. I made a little money here and there, but I was making those bad deals because I was looking at doing deals in one way and one way only, and that was a wholesale way. You know, back then we had a 65% method, you know, 65% of the ARV minus the rent. It's the same formula, but the numbers are now 70 and 75%, right? But back then it was 65% ARV minus renovation minus what you want to make, right? So if the house is worth $200,000, 65% of that is $130,000. If the renovations were $40,000, you're going to take that off the $130,000. That's ninety. dollars If you want to make ten, dollars you got to take that off of the ninety. dollars Now it's eighty. dollars Now you're MAO, your Mayo, your maximum allowable offer is now $80,000, but you don't start there. You start at maybe 65 or 70. And that was the only way I was looking at doing deals and people would be like, no, nah, I can't take 65,000 for my house. I can't do that. I can't take 75 for it. I can get more than that right now. Heard it all the time. But that was the only thing I knew until I learned this strategy. Once I learned this, we got way more deals because now we can do deals with people that as a wholesaler cannot be done. It opened me up into, into a whole new world of buyers that, I mean, my first house, my first house that I moved my family into was a subject to deal. My very first house was a subject to our, our first house. We went from an apartment to a house. And I, I, I tell you, it, it was just, you know, it was an eye-opening experience. It changed the way I looked at this business. It just changed the way. And I still needed cash, right? Because cash flow is good, but when you're starting, you need cash. You need money, right? Because you got bills, you got people to take care of, you got things to do. You, you, you might be behind, you need to catch up on stuff, you need cash, you need to, you need to hit five, seven, ten thousand $10,000. You need that, you need it right now. Well, with these deals, when I learn how to do that, when you're wholesaling subject to deals, you go in and you negotiate the deal. You do all the stuff that we're just talking about. This is one of your exit strategies. You do all the stuff that we're sitting here talking about. You go out, you negotiate the deal, you get it done, and then you sell it for five, seven, or $10,000, whatever, it depends on the deal, to another investor that wants to do a lease option, you know, I mean, excuse me, a subject to, but you, you've done all the work. You've done all the negotiating. You found the deal, you negotiated the deal, paperwork is done, your contract says it's fully assignable, now you assign it to this person for X number of dollars. They take it over, they pay you the $7,000, $10,000, dollars $5,000, whatever it is, and you're gone. And they're gonna do whatever they're gonna do, fix it up, turn it into an Airbnb, you know, rent it out, whatever their exit strategy is. It's totally up to them at that point. You have now made your money. Okay, so wholesalers are a great, great place and they're everywhere. Just reach out to them, you know, get involved in meetup groups. You know, you see people all the time that have signs on the road. We buy houses or whatever the gimmick is. Call them, call them and say, hey, listen, do you have any deals that you've had on the books for a while? You're having a difficult time getting rid of them. You know, develop the relationships. They might not have it today, but they might have it next month. They might have and, you know, they might have it next week. So you got to do that. Call listing agents. I want to go back to that. A lot of investors will tell you not to do that. I'm telling you to do it because you can negotiate 
even their 3%. And if you're an agent and you're watching this right now, please forgive me. I'm just being honest. If you've had a hard time, if it's if you've got a six-month listing and this property is about to, you know, the, the listing is about to expire and that seller is mad at you and maybe we're your last choice, maybe we're your last option, but you've brought it up to them, to this person, because they really want to sell and you've brought it up to this person. I'm bringing you a deal that would be, um, or closing on a deal that would be otherwise dead. My conversation with you is not going to be a 3% commission. My conversation is going to be with you a fee, right? Going back to the same $300,000 deal that we were talking about. You're looking at that 3%, $9,000. You're looking at that 3% and you're saying, okay, I got somebody that's going to be able to take it over and they're going to make sure that I get paid, which we will. And you guys got to know that you have to make sure that, that people get paid. You can't go in there and just take it for nothing. I mean, it doesn't have to be your money, but it's going to be somebody's money. We'll have another conversation about that. But th this is what it is. This is real. And in order for you to make sure that you're doing this, you have to have this conversation with them and say to them, Mr. and Mrs. Agent, I can't pay you 3% on this, you know, as a commission because, you know, I, I got to come in here. We got to be creative. It's going to cost us a ton of money to get it done. You know, if we don't get it done in the next couple of weeks, your listing is going to expire. It's done. And we can't make them a cash offer. They want too much money. But we can offer them terms and give them their price in a creative financing uh, scenario. Instead of 9,000, would you take, you know, instead of 3%, would you take 1.5% before this deal expires? Because it's about to expire. And it's a bird in the hand, beats two in the bush for them. So I might negotiate that deal down to 3,000 or $4,500. It's a lot better than the 9,000 that, that we might have had to come up with. And for the agent, it's better than waiting another 30 days or two weeks and losing that commission, any money on that deal altogether. And a lot of times you got to realize agents actually have money. They have time and money sometimes put, put up into these properties. You know, those beautiful pictures that are being taken on these properties, the, the homeowner's not taking those. It's the agent that goes out and gets the photographer and pays them God knows how much money to come over and take those pictures. You know, that's maybe 600, 700 bucks right there, but it depends on the house. You know, the bigger the house, the more expensive it's going to be. But I know that it's at least five or 600 bucks. They're spending that money. They've got time, gas money going back and forth. The time that they negotiated doing this deal with the person. I mean, all that accounts for something. And I think you'd be foolish to discount that that agent you'd be foolish to discount that agent you'd be foolish to try to wait two weeks for them to go away and you can come in and get you'd be foolish to lose an ally for the future you'd be foolish as an investor to do that absolutely foolish but there's nothing wrong with you negotiating that three percent but don't cut them out don't do it so deal with your wholesalers and then there is door knocking you know, now this is something that a person is going to do when they have time and it is effective. I have a gentleman that I've been working with for years. One of the very first people, let's see, now it's been six years, almost six years now that uh, he and I've been working together since 16. Yes. So six years we've been working together and he was from New York. So we walked him through his first deal in New York. He didn't want to live in New York anymore. He wanted to get out of New York, but he 
needed money. It took him seven months to do his first deal. Now he was in the city, he was in New York, in New York with no money. And he's door knocking, going from brownstone to brownstone in Brooklyn, because that's where he lived. And it's just a matter of someone liking him more than they like the other person. And he got the property under contract and immediately sold it to someone else. Someone else that, that has probably been hounding those people down as well. Sold it to someone else for $100,000. $100,000 assignment fee. Now we are talking about, you know, million and a half, $2 million, $3 million places. So they're not cheap. They're not cheap at all, right? So even six years ago in parts of Brooklyn, these places were two, one and a half, $2 million. So he got $100,000 and he took that $100,000, came down here to Atlanta, and he's been down here ever since. And he door knocks, that's all he does. He doesn't do any direct mail. He doesn't do any cold calling. He does door knocking. And then he follows up, follows up, follows up. He door knocks. And he does five, maybe six deals a month. You know, we sell a lot of his deals for him. You know, so he's doing a ton of deals just from door knocking and that, but that's all he does. And he's gotten very, very good at it. I know a lot of people don't want to do it. That's the last thing they want to do. They don't want to spend all the time and energy that it takes to go out into an area and canvas it for the next two weeks and then cultivate that list, you know? And there's a, a trick to the trade and we can have a conversation about what you can do when you're door knocking and, and what kind of messaging needs to be on your, on, your, on your paperwork or your flyer or your banded signs that you're gonna canvas that particular area with as well. What is your message? Because it's your message that's gonna get through not just you knocking on the door because, hey, you don't know if that person is renting that house. And if they are, you gotta ask them to give you the homeowner's information. Then you gotta get on the phone, okay? So door knocking is a great way to get that done as well. And a lot of people are always overlooking the door knocking thing and it, and it is tough, but hey, you, you gotta, I think you, if you got time, if you got a bunch of time, generally you don't have a bunch of money. So utilize that time to go get yourself some money, but stay away from this. Stay away from for sale by owners. Why would I say stay away from for sale by owners? Hold on, let me get let me get this. Michael has a question here. Um, Mr. Gonzalez, do, uh, do you do commercial properties as well? Absolutely, absolutely we do commercial properties. You know, it can be, it can be, um, um, uh, multifamily, it can be retail space, it could be mixed use space, it could be land, you know, it can be warehouses, it could be whatever, it could be a store, you, you could, it could be a business, I mean, it, it could be all kind of things, it can be all kind of things, man, so yes, yes, we do uh, do commercial properties as well, commercial land, whatever, you do it all the time, you know, these are things, and if I'm being honest, in the commercial space, you know, in in New York, uh, for instance, I mean, and it happens in a lot of other places, but it, it is Manhattan in particular utilizes this this strategy, right? They don't call it subject to their long term 99 year leases, right? They're these they're master leases is what they're called. But you can leverage master leases. You can get loans against them in commercial space. Um, I mean, uh, Michael, I can go on and on about that, you know. Uh, on and on about that, but um, 
I, you know, you guys know um, uh, the Empire State Building. When it was purchased last, it was purchased on a 114 year uh, master lease. Go and look it up. Donald Trump, Donald Trump bought um, most of his properties on 99 year leases. You know, the families that own those, that real estate are in no, have no intention on ever really selling. <laughs> so that's a whole nother conversation. These are, these are families that came over on the Mayflower. I mean, they've owned real estate for a long time, okay? These descendants will never sell that real estate. Why would you sell anything when you, when you have real estate on a place called Billionaire's Row? <laughs> so yeah, you're welcome, sir. You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, Paul, what did you say here? Paul says, uh, uh, okay, all right, I'll get to that. Uh, okay. I do have an elderly lady who has a mobile home she wants to get out of. All right, so mobile homes are going to be a little bit different, right? Because they're, well, depends on the state. Like in Nevada, I know you're in California, but in Nevada, there are rules and licenses that you need to get. So there's, I hate to say it this way, but you have to know how to, without spending an enormous amount of money to get those licenses, uh, you have to know how to finagle your way through them legally let me just say it that way i mean i don't want to sound like we're you know i'm giving you a way to you know kind of circumvent the law that's not what i'm doing you have to understand legally how to get around those things now in california i am not 100 percent sure we'd have to check on that but i don't think that you're going to need all of those things out there in california i can have this answer for you by the morning though uh the, the actual solid answer i have a friend out there in san diego who invests in uh, mobile home parks and mobile and individual started off in individual mobile homes. So, uh, and I think we're talking about individual mobile homes. So with the home, I mean, you can do it on the home, but then there is the land. The land is generally leased rented land, right? So if you have the mobile home, if she doesn't own the land that's underneath it, you have to kind of figure that part of it out as well. Okay. So, and then they have all kind of rules and regulations inside there you just have to be careful and look at what what they can do and it's not a homeowners association it's something else but it's just a matter of having a conversation that's all but yes you can make money there uh she's still uh paying on it yeah yeah you can absolutely make money there man we'll just look at it um you know when you have an opportunity uh i'll get you the actual information by tomorrow um but you know send me the deal let me help you analyze it and we'll go from there, you know, see if we can put that deal together for you.